Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. The phenomenal AJ Styles. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Well protected again. Jones Waddles gets behind the defenders for another touchdown. That is Trey Lance. Kyle Pitts and the tight end finds the goal line shot for a Gator touchdown. Justin Fields, hello from the 51-yard. Jamar Chase. Eight different games, Sewell did not allow the guy pass rushing against him to pressure, hit, or sack the quarterback. Eight out of 12. You got here just in time. Dax Milne down the sideline from Zach Wilson. And thanks for joining us. Rashawn Bateman with his first career score as a gopher. What more can you say about Trevor Lawrence? He's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the grave once again, Sportscast Radio. Just when you thought we were gone, the goddamn NFL draft came, and my man Luke Gilbert came to me and said, man, I wish you guys did that radio thing because I want to talk some football. And I said, damn it, looks like we're going to have to bring it back. Luke, welcome to Sportscast Radio. Thank you. This is uh, almost the six-year anniversary. Six-year anniversary would have been on Valentine's Day this year. I uh, took a little bit of a hiatus. We came back, and if somebody is going to bring up talking draft, my God, there's nothing better than talking the draft. And that's why I said, I- I'll bite. Let's have some fun with it. And uh, what a better way to do it, as I said, than, than the NFL draft. Luke, I know this is something that you're extremely excited about. Um, I mean, just, just what's your mindset as you go into April – NFL draft. I know you're a huge mark like I am. I mean, how how much do you dive in on these drafts? I I dive in a lot. I do my research. I spent two hours doing my mock draft tonight just to <laughs> give it to you guys. <laughs> and and this is kind of the this is kind of why I wanted to bring this back because everybody knows I'm a huge let's do drafts at WrestleCast Radio. We do a lot of mock drafts where you can only draft certain people from like Japan or certain people from the UK and do this and that, nada, nada. So when it came to doing mock drafts, I said, okay, well, we got to do that. And then when it came talking drafts, I said, well, of course we got to do that. And then guests come back down the door, which we got to do that because that's kind of always been the staple is we have a great relationship with the guys over at FanSighted. Uh, tonight, coming up, 10 o'clock tonight, Garrett Ballard uh, from Who the First Pick or with the first pick.com will be talking with us for about a half an hour, doing all that good, good that is the NFL draft. But there's a lot to kind of get to. Obviously, we're going to be giving him the questions, talking everything over with him. But before we get into that, it's, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a, an interesting draft for the simple fact that there is a lot of movement. And a lot of movement when I say that inside of the top 12 between the Eagles, the Niners, the Panthers, uh, making moves, the Jets, the Lions, I mean, so on and so forth. I mean, what's kind of your take, Luke, with all these trades just, just coming in here in the last month? 
I think it's a sign that there are lots of quarterbacks going to go off the board in the top seven picks is my prediction. You know, and this is something that I, I, I'm going to open when I ask when, when Gary gets on here is, is I want to ask him about these quarterbacks because I think that's the number one key to this draft. Do you think it's a, it's a situation where there's just so many good talented quarterbacks, five especially, that are coming out? Or are we in a situation where there's so many teams that feel like they're in a reboot status that they need to do anything in their power to grab one of these quarterbacks before anybody can get one of them? I think it's more of the second option where there's a lot of teams um, that are in reboot mode, like Jacksonville, the Jets, and then with the, the Deshaun Watson debacle going on, teams that you thought would trade to get him now see that that's not an option, and now they're jumping up to get a future quarterback coming out of college. Do you... Do you think some of these teams are overreacting with it? You know, as one thing we'll probably talk about, you know, more so after after Garrett comes on, kind of when we get into our big QB section. But I think it deserves to be brought up now because we're going to talk about it a little bit more and probably get more in depth. But are teams getting desperate to the point that they're making moves they don't need to move, a la Jets getting rid of Sam Darnold instead of building around him, which they never did? Or is it strike while the gold's hot? or the oil's hot or whatever the hell that phrase is and just go for somebody? I think there's two teams that may have jumped the gun on their decisions, one being the Jets, like you mentioned, with Sam Darnold trade. I thought they never gave him talent around him to really make him succeed. We'll see what he does in Carolina with some weapons down there. The other team is the 49ers, and uh, essentially giving up on Jimmy G, it seems like, here in the future. Um, I mean, they brought, he brought them to a Super Bowl a year ago, so it just seems kind of early to trade him and draft a rookie at number three when he's still so young, and he's uh, feasible as a starting QB in the NFL, I think. Yeah, I, I think the Jimmy G thing, I think the Sam Darnold thing, obviously, are two very outlandish, overblown panic moves where you're trying to please your franchise, uh, their fan base, with going, okay, well, he's been injured. We had a really bad year, but people don't want to think about the fact that he took us to a Super Bowl, and it was a winnable Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they only lost in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, it, it, as we saw with, with the Chiefs this year, they're definitely beatable in a big game, so it's not like they couldn't have won that game. I get you're in a division where it's going to be really tough with the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals, but why not just let Jimmy G sit it out and then just try to run it back and build around him? I totally agree. You know, they, they gave up um, – I mean, they were, the Niners were sixth, I believe, if I remember right. Uh, yes, I believe uh, – yeah, Dol- sixth. Cause the Dolphins, Dolphins were third. Yeah, so I mean that's that's a definite. You're moving. Like, there's not a not, there's not a chance that we see the Jets or the Niners not take a quarterback at two or three, is there? I don't believe so. No, I think um, I think the Jets are going to take a QB, obviously with the Darnold move, and just from everything I've heard and read about the 49ers and uh, Shanahan and how they feel about a certain quarterback has me feeling that Jimmy G is on his way out and they're going to move on. Is it crazy nobody was willing to offer up a first-rounder for him? Um, 
I think it's crazy no one has yet, but I do believe that someone will before the draft um, to get Jimmy G services. I do believe that he will be traded before the draft for a first-round pick. You know, you look at some of these other teams – you know, Broncos, I think, are in desperate need. I I don't know if you can give up the ninth pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I... No. Why? The no, Bears yeah. at 20? Yeah, the Bears um, at 20, possibly. Um, the one that keeps catching my eye is the Patriots at um, 15. 15. Um, just because I, I I feel like I forgot which one it was, but I know either Bill Belichick or Robert Kraft did not want to get rid of Jimmy G. I think um, it was Belichick. But the, yeah, so I have a feeling, it's just a funny feeling, that um, Bill, Belichick's going to get what he wants and they're going to trade for Jimmy G within the next few weeks and give up that number 15 pick. Did no, I don't. I don't remember if he did or didn't. But did New England bring back Cam? They did on a one-year deal. I forgot the dollar amount, but they did re-sign him um, for a one-year deal. But I don't think that's gonna. I mean, Cam didn't play great last year. He didn't. I mean, he didn't play awful either. But um, I feel like if they could get Jimmy G for the fifteenth pick, I feel like Belichick would make that move. If you're if you're Belichick, do you try try to maneuver a Cam and a third for Jimmy G? Because um, if you're the Niners, you're still investing in your in, in your in your future quarterback at number three, and you're coming off the books of Jimmy G. Yeah, I think he could try it, but with the 49ers and where he Cam would end up going, I mean, I I think at number three, the 49ers are going to take a quarterback. So, I mean, it'd be kind of they're only getting a third and a backup quarterback, essentially, for Jimmy G, and I don't know if the 49ers would take that. But that could be your you – could, you, could, you could sit your rookie for a year then. I suppose. Yeah, depending on the rookie. I mean, if, if Trevor Lawrence falls to three somehow, I don't think you're sitting in. <laughs> if, if Trevor Lawrence falls to three, I, I would literally look at uh, – at everybody in the NFL and just scream over and over, try it! That is never going to happen. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like if, if you're investing in this, you're almost, I think you're almost leveraging the value of Jimmy Garoppolo because you're already telling the NFL that you're going to take a quarterback regardless of Jimmy G is expendable. So I feel like you lose yeah. the value with him. Like if I'm if I'm a team, I'm going. Nah, I'll give you a second round, but I know you don't want the guy anyway, and he's just taking up your money. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially if you're drafting a quarterback early, like everyone thinks they are. I mean, you don't want to hang on to a person making that much money. You probably want to get what you can get out of them. Um, I did read an article. I don't remember who wrote it off the top of my head, but um, I did hear it on the radio as well one day that the 49ers did say that Garoppolo is on the trade block and they're uh, willing to take a first-round pick, but they don't care where. It can be anywhere in the first round, but they are looking for a first-round pick. So, I, if I, I mean, you look at the, okay, uh, Tampa Bay is not going to do it. 
KC's not no. doing it. Buffalo's not doing it. Do the Saints at 28 do it? That that could be because, I mean, it's. I don't think anyone thinks Taysom Hill's the answer, even though they gave him a decent contract. And I don't think anyone thinks Jameis Winston is the answer for the Saints. So you could see the Saints maybe trade that 28th pick for Jimmy G, possibly. I think that's a good take. I think that's a good take. I, I, yeah. I, just, I think that's where San Francisco has to has to, to realize that they kind of are hurting their value. It, it reminds me a lot of James Harden, where he doesn't want to be there. He's not going to play. So Houston's got to kind of take what they can get. Yeah. No, no. Now, mind you, they did get Victor Oladipo, and then they traded Oladipo for Kelly Olynyk, essentially. So they essentially traded James Harden for Kelly Olynyk. So I don't know what the hell Houston's thinking. It's a bad analogy to begin with, because man, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, Houston Rockets, my God, you guys get hit with this one. Yeah, that was a failure. You should have never, never let Daryl Morey walk. <laughs> that was trash. I, I can't even. I don't know. I don't know how I processed that into it. You know, the minute the minute Daryl Morey left and uh, we saw Harden and all those guys in the trade block, that crazy tennis dude came running on the corner. No! No! Just pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that, guys. Well, and then if you're the Saints at 28, and if that is the scenario, I mean, if you're Jimmy G, you're licking your chops. You got Michael Thomas, oh. who's oh. top three wide receiver probably when healthy. <laughs> yep. Yep. And Elvin Kamara, who's top three oh. running back when healthy. Oh my God! Does does Jimmy G break into a Kirk Cousins if that happens? <sighs> Possibly. I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far. Kirk Cousins no. is the goat. When, when I say break into that, I'm talking about he kicks open Shanahan's door and just goes. You like that? You like that? You like that? <laughs> just pissed off. You're like yeah. <laughs> Like that's what I'm talking about. That's almost a benefit to him. Yeah, that's that's a bad like great scenario for Jimmy G is if the Saints want to do that. But so it's it's, it's there's a lot of weird that's going to go on. I think, and that's what I'm, that's what I think really intrigues me. This whole draft is we haven't seen a lot of this. Like I said, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna give Garrett the the question right off the bat with the with the QBs. Um, just so you're aware of where I'm starting, depending on what you're going to ask. But, you know, every year these drafts talk about, you know, oh, you know, what are the quarterbacks coming out? Or, you know, who's going to be the, the – how many quarterbacks are going to go quick? And usually it's like all this talk and then there's, you know, three go out of like 40 picks. But yeah, this has feels of 2018 when you had five quarterbacks in the top ten picks or – you know, even back in 1999 when there's five and five in the top 12, but also the top three picks were all QBs, which we haven't seen in a while. It's, it's been very diverse and different. And I just, it, it's just, it's mind boggling to me, whether it's a fact of how good these QBs are or how bad these teams think their quarterback situation is. And it's feels like it's more one, one over the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say the four, the four teams that four of the five teams that I have picking a quarterback are picking a quarterback because either their quarterback is no good or on their way out, 
The one team that I struggle with, like we said, is the 49ers, just because I don't know if whoever you're going to draft, other than maybe Trevor Lawrence, if he falls, is going to be better than Jimmy G from day one. Yep. And that's fair. Because that's the thing is, it's not like, like, I understand Jimmy G got hurt, but he doesn't doesn't have a lot of tread on those tires. No. He's not old. So. Yeah, no. Why do you not, you know, why why do you not draft Panay Sewell uh, Sewell or or Rashawn Slater and protect Jimmy G? You know, to go with Kittle. Yeah, or get them, like, a weapon because, I mean, their yeah. wide receivers over there aren't great. So, like, I mean, Jamar Chase, uh, uh, Jalen Waddle, any of the – Kyle Pitts, yeah. tight end? And, well, I mean, oh, man, do, do, do you think that would be effective, a two tight end with, with Pitts and Kittle? I think so because I think Kyle Pitts is more – they could put him at a wide receiver. I mean, he ran a four four forty. He's six yeah. six, so he's big. <laughs> That's he's fast. I mean, you could put him at. You could give him a Julio Jones role. Oh my God, dude, he's gonna be something special. He's the guy when we go over our, our our mock draft. I think. I don't necessarily think I'm gonna. I may have him higher than you, but I think you're gonna be surprised where I put him. If that makes sense. I probably, you're going to be surprised how low I have them have him, oh, and that's oh. just because of the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, like mild spoiler. I have five quarterbacks in my top seven. Uh, I have five in my top nine. Okay, okay. So not too far off. Yeah. Um, I know you had some trades in yours where I didn't have trades in mine. Um, yeah, I think the, I have the, trades total. The, this is this is considered our mock draft 1.0, guys. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to make a run of this and, and see if we can uh, resurrect these sports to the cast to the radio. I uh, bring this back to you every Wednesday night. Uh, plan being next week, we'll have other topics obviously, obviously to discuss than the draft. We'll we'll talk uh, you know everything else going on in the world of sports, but we'll have our mock draft 2.0. We'll get our 3.0, and then finally our final 4.0 on the 28th of April, just the day before the draft. But we're going to try to get a bunch of writers on, uh, pick their brains about the draft with, with what their teams are going to do. Maybe try to grab eight different writers and speed round with them a good 10 minutes with them and knock out a nice, you know, hour and a half segment. That could be kind of fun and see where everyone's head is. Also try to get some people to call it and maybe do a mock draft as we want to do ourselves. So got a few ideas down the pipeline here. Should be fun. Uh, about 10 minutes from now, we will be chatting with uh, the one and the only Garrett Ballard from with the first pick over at Fansided. I'm excited to do that. Luke, it's good to get into this here. But I I'm do, excited. I, I do, uh, do want to jump into something real quick because this, this, I think, is fitting. And I think we can do this and get this knocked out really quick before um, – Ah, uh, before Garrett gets on with us, and we got a short commercial break, pay some bills on how that goes. But uh, I want to break in here with you and play a game of three strikes with you, Luke. I think it's a good way to break you in, folks. This is three strikes.
Green Stripes, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by RedSports.com. Use promo code WrestleCast. Get 15% off your order of supplements, guys. Go over to Rep Sports, get all your whey, creatine, your your pre-workout, your energy drinks the whole night. Hold on yards. Once again, promo code WrestleCast, 15% off your order. RepSports.com. They are the sponsor for three strikes tonight. And I'm going to bring it to you like this, Luke, from 2020. To 2011, there have been 10 number one draft picks in the NFL draft. Can you name all 10 of these picks? You get three strikes. Ooh. All right. The last 10 number one picks. All right. Do they have to be in a specific order or just nope. the 10? Just give me the 10. All right. Jared Goff. That's one. Baker Mayfield. That's two. I'm trying to mind blank. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jadavion Clowney uh, That is three 2014 um, Andrew Luck That is four 2012 just made the list um, Six more Jameis Winston Jameis Winston That is five We are halfway down with the list Missing 2011, 2013, 2017, 2019, and 2020. I don't even remember who had the first pick last year. This is awesome. <laughs> it's so hard when you're on the spot. Kyle would do this, and there'd be three of us running the show, and each person got one strike. And we'd be talking all that good shit. Then we'd get into this part, and we'd be like, uh-oh. <laughs> who was the number? Who had the first pick last year? Um. Oh, uh, since uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, you have four left. Um. 2019, 2017, 2013, and 2011. Can you pull this? Oh, that's hard. I can't think. Um. Oh, my man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them. Unlike Aguilar. Um, <laughs> so Aaron funny. Donald? That is the first strike of a three strike. All right. All right. Um, Eric Fisher? Eric Fisher, that is correct. 2013. You need 2011, 2017, and 2019. You got two strikes remaining. Cam Newton? Yep, 2011. You better not be I'm not. Okay. Just making sure. You need 2017. And 2019, right? Yep, and 2019, yep. I'm trying to think who had the number one pick. This man got Eric Fisher. This man's on the Google. I did not. I I knew he was a (laughs) first-round pick, but I couldn't remember if he was anywhere Put the pressure on him. Put the yap on him. Um, I'm trying to think who had that pick. I was wondering where they're going to get another tuba player for the band. I'm stupid. It's like your favorite player, Kyler Murray. Yep, Kyler Murray. There we go. And 2017 is all that's remaining. Um. Oh, my God. Who is it? Um. Open. 
Doesn't that sound like Cameron? Oh, what year was it? What, what year was it one more time? 2017? Uh, that's uh, my old boy, the helmet tosser, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, indeed. You you are correct. One strike. Getting the victory. Getting the victory. What year was Aaron Donald drafted? He was the number one pick, wasn't he? Uh, no, he was the number two. Dang, who went before Aaron Donald? I bet you they're mad. <laughs> That's a good question. I, I would ask you the number of number two picks, but that could be way too hard. Second overall pick, let's see. Um, oh, my God, Aaron Donald wasn't a number two pick either. Oh, maybe. Hold on. This, this thing is not updated. Here we go. List of the second overall picks. Yeah, Aaron Donald wasn't a number two pick either. Dang. Wow. What? When did Aaron Donald get drafted? Maybe he didn't. Maybe the Rams developed him in a la- developed him in a lab. Holy shit! This is now we're now we're gonna get down a rabbit hole of irritation. So, with the ninth pick in the 2014 draft, the Minnesota Vikings selected Anthony Barr. Trash. At, at 13, the, the St. Louis Rams selected Aaron Donald. What year? That, what year who went first that year in 2014? Uh, Clowney. Clowney. I, I can't be too. Like, Clowney in his prime was pretty good. He made three Pro Bowls. Yeah. I think he'll always be remembered for that hit on South Carolina's running back, and I thought that man died. The oh, he sacked the quarterback, and he like picked yeah, him up and, and like he a, ran him down the field. <laughs> yeah, like when the dude's helmet flew off. That that was the year I wanted Khalil Mack. He ended up going five to Oakland. Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, the Vikings had the eighth pick, and we traded it to the Browns for, and they took Justin Gilbert. And then we took yeah, Anthony that's Barr. The that they took, um, that's the year that the Browns took Johnny Manziel too. Yes. Yep. And we took uh, we took Teddy. Yeah, Teddy. Poor Teddy lost Teddy. his job to Sam Darnold. <laughs> the the uh, Od- Odell Beckham went twelfth in that draft. But yeah, we could have had Aaron Donald, but we took uh, Anthony Barr. Yeah. Cool. I mean, Anthony Barr had a great career. He injured Aaron Rodgers for a season. Yeah, he did. It's wild looking at some of these. Like that's so that's so like the one thing I always like about watching some of these past drafts. We're looking at some of these past drafts, like, dang, how did you guys screw that up? Or how did you guys take yeah. that? My favorite's to go look at everyone the Browns missed on up until like the last couple of seasons. Because <laughs> it's usually trash. <laughs> so true. We could, do, guys, we could do a two-hour show just on that. <laughs> uh, guys, we are approaching the end of our first quarter hour here tonight, approaching that 10 o'clock mark. Uh, Garrett, uh, excuse me, where am I going here? Garrett Ballard will be joining us shortly. We're going to hit you with a quick commercial break. Plug a couple shows, pay a couple bills, and when we get back, we should have Garrett talking some, uh, some NFL draft, boys. We're back, Sportscast Radio. Don't go away. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. 
Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative deer stand. When you send a message, your name will identify you to the other caller. Record your name after the tone. Hey yo, it's Sportscast Radio. You need to record a new greeting. Record after the tone. Hit any key when you're done. Ryan Cook and Jordan Jiskra give you the best in sports of the week with real MVPs, spit takes, big news, and obviously those rumors. Strong Style Media is available on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, blogtalkradio.com. That means anywhere. You're connected. Say hi. You a fan of hot takes that make you say this? <laughs> Join me, Ryan Cook, and my co-host Alex Mello every Monday night right here on Strong Style Media. We'll give you the goods from New Japan Pro Wrestling, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, Stardom, All Japan, Lucha Underground, and many, many more. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio TuneIn, Player FM, and now on iHeartRadio. As always, blog talk. Radio.com forward slash strong style media as well. And you know, you get us on social media. Hit us up. We got to get back to the ring. It's time for the man. You have the lowest fantasy football winnings I've ever seen. You have earnings dysfunction. I recommend DraftKings. And if you draft the perfect lineup in the free opening weekend contest, the prize is $1 billion. You said a billion dollars? Billion. With a B. This is, this is, this is money. I, I know what that is. Play DraftKings free $100,000 contest week one. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion. Forecast Radio, before you're all confused, we are reunited, just like the ballad says, baby. And, and Luke, in case you're wondering, that man screaming during the WrestleCast radio promo, that is because Kenta Kobashi dropped a man on his skull in front of 60,000 people in the Tokyo Dome, and it looked like he broke his GD neck. So, I think it was Masala. Sorry, Pete. Ladies and gentlemen, though, we are back at it. This is the draft special. I see our man on the line, Garrett. You with us, sir? I am. How's it going? Hey, Garrett Ballard coming at you from with the first pick. Welcome to the show, sir. I'm so excited to talk some draft. We've been in a little bit of a hiatus focusing on our wrestling portion of the network, but with the draft, we decided we had to come back. I had to get back to fan-sided because they treat me so well. Led me to you, my man. How are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing well. I'm glad y'all reached out and we could uh, we could set this up. I'm pumped to talk some draft with y'all. 
Oh, it, it is so great. I, I, I got to praise fans, ladies and gentlemen. When we do our 16-week NFL preview, we have writers two a week on from every NFL team. They are so gracious to talk the sport with us. It's so fun. So that's why I'm so glad we get to keep the connection going. Garrett, we have so many questions to ask you to try to wrap into a small enough time to not keep you this entire evening because you know damn well when you start talking draft, it's like you're sitting around a water cooler at work and you just can't shut up. It's just how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to jump right into the big thing that blows me away this year. Um, This draft, Garrett, reminds me a lot of 2018 with five quarterbacks possibly going to the top ten but almost even more so like 1999 when five went in the top 12, but there was the three right mm-hmm. off the bat with Achilles Smith, Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, boom, 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 right down the list. Um, yeah. Most people are always wondering, oh, where do the quarterbacks go this year? That, that, that. And it never really happens as much as everyone ex- expects it to. But this year, there's a quarterback influx and it's coming in quick. Is this just a high talent pool that we're getting in this draft, or are teams this desperate for quarterbacks right now? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a both. I think uh, this year is the best quarterback class we have seen in a very, very long time. I cannot recall a time where there are this many quarterbacks with this high range of talent all next to each other uh, who are all going to get drafted this highly. And, of course, that helps when there are the top three teams need quarterbacks and there are teams picking at the back end of the top ten and even into the teams that need quarterbacks that could trade up for them. You know, you're looking at Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, five guys who are all going to go probably within the top ten. There's a good chance that they all go within the top five. And it's just – it's really crazy to see, but – you know, when you look at all of them, it's it's not too shocking because they're all fantastic players in their own different ways. Luke, what you got, sir? All right. Hello. Uh, hello, I'm still here. Yeah, Garrett. Um, so my question for you is, is this going to be out of those five gentlemen you just mentioned, which one do you think teams should uh, – not necessarily steer away from, but which one do you think? Which one do you think needs to develop the most, and which one do you think is kind of a risk to take that high? Yeah. So, to answer the one about developing the most, um, I do think it's Zach Wilson. Um, I know that might not be the common take, but looking at what he does well and what he can improve upon, I think he currently has one of the lower floors out of the top four quarterbacks, excluding Mac Jones. Um, and the other being Trey Lance, but, you know, he has the athleticism, he has the the arm strength, he has the accuracy, but at BYU, he was really never tested. He had a phenomenal offensive line, and uh, you could really see him just sit in the pocket and deliver strikes all over the field. Uh, when things started to break down, he got a bit flustered and had to go off structure, and even though he thrived in it, that's going to be a lot less common in the NFL for him to do. Um, And in terms of a risk, I would have to say Mac Jones. Uh, His physical tools are not up to par that the other top quarterbacks are, and uh, his ceiling is quite limited in the NFL. So taking him, you're going to have a a limited future with him. Mac Jones, I don't know why why this is, but he just seems like a geek. I feel like he's (laughs) going to be John Kitna, like just some dude with a giant head. 
who is just rated really high and then nothing happens with I don't, and and I don't know if it's just me being biased about I don't I don't know it, I mean I probably a conversation for a whole other day now that I'm thinking about it but I'm just like oh man I just don't think Mac Jones is going to be the dude like I think you're 100% right I think all these people that are sleeping on I think people are sleeping on Justin Fields am I crazy no, you're not crazy at all. I wrote an article for with the first pick for Fansided uh, just last week saying that I think Justin Fields is being a bit unfairly treated in yes. comparison to these other quarterbacks. You know, people are looking at all the things these quarterbacks do well. They're like, oh, Trevor Lawrence, perfect prospect. Shaq Wilson is the next great gunslinger. Trey Lance has the tools of an NFL All-Pro, and Mac Jones is crazy accurate and smart but they fail to realize that Justin Fields is the most accurate of the passers. He has the physical tools that Trey Lance has. He runs the fastest out of any of the top guys, and they're just sitting here saying, oh, he processes slowly, and I just don't, I don't understand it. It, it, is it. Is it the Ohio State stigma? Like, is it, oh, can't touch an Ohio State quarterback? I mean, God, for, God forbid, you know, we're based in Minnesota here, so I have to hear about these North Dakota State quarterbacks all the time, and I'm not yeah. impressed whatsoever. Like, it, it feels to me like they're like, Ah, Justin Fields is a Buckeye. They can't be good quarterbacks. I mean, is that what like is that sadly what it is? I I think it's part of it. Unfortunately, it uh, people people too often they they scout the helmet and not the player, and it can really get oh. you in trouble. Like you look at court, who was who was the best Clemson quarterback before Deshaun Watson? You know, like there you could do this with every school, like every quarterback. It's just it's not a good way to go about talent evaluation. And when you look at Mac Jones and, like, people say, oh, the, the Ohio State offense is geared to make things easy for the quarterback. When looking at the top five quarterbacks, Justin Fields gained the least percentage of yardage from RPOs, which is a makes an offensive system that makes reads uh, crazy easy. And he gained the least, less than Trevor Lawrence, less than Mac Jones, any of them. And people say, Oh, easy system, but it's just, it's just not true. It's just not true. No, and that's – it just – it blows away. Like, I was talking to Luke about that, and we're like, dude, Justin Fields might end up being the best – I mean, this this league right now is geared to a QB that can run a 4 4 yeah, And people don't seem exactly. to pay attention to that. Like, they don't, exactly. they don't realize the reason that the Cardinals are stacking up their offense the way they are for Kyler Murray is because that's the way this, it's like watching the NBA. The league is turning into a three point shooting league. It's not a Mm -hmm. big man back to the basket league. And I just, like even Luke, even your guy, Josh Allen's running all over people, you know, like it just, I don't get it. Yeah. He's murdering people. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm glad you pointed it out because I really wanted to do that. Luke, I didn't mean to jump, jump in front of you for alternating questions. That's my bad. But, I, I just, I was like, dude, it, it, it sucks. I think it's stupid. I think it's a bad take. And I think a lot of these GMs are going to be pissed off in the long run that they blew the call on this. I'm just saying. But, Luke, yeah. um, I digress. Jump right in, sir. I will I will get back uh, in line. I get a little too excited. I apologize. Sorry. No, that. you're fine. Um, <laughs> so, I've, I've read a few articles, and I've seen a couple mock drafts, Garrett, that suggest that Trevor Lawrence is not the lock at number one. Is there any truth to that, do you think, or are these people just crazy? Oh, they're crazy. They're absolutely <laughs> crazy. Uh, there's a quote. Urban Meyer was interviewed by, I think it was Peter King, um, and Peter King straight up asked him, are you taking Trevor Lawrence? 
And he answered, we're trending that direction. So Trevor Lawrence, lock it in, write it in Sharpie, number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> so I have a follow-up question for you on that. Is there any way Jacksonville trades that pick if they're offered the right deal? And what would that deal probably have to be if there is a deal? Well, uh, if you if starting with what the deal would take, uh, looking at what San Francisco traded to get from outside the top ten to three, which was three first-round picks, getting to one, typically it would take probably about three. But in a year like this with Trevor Lawrence and the implications of what drafting him bring to your team, it would uh, probably take minimum four first-round picks. Um, I don't think anyone will offer it. And if someone does, I don't think the Jaguars take it. You look at that franchise and you see a franchise that has struggled pretty much the entire time they've been a team in the NFL. You look at the last time they were able to get a quarterback within the top five, Blake Bortles, did not work out. You bring a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who has, ever since he stepped foot on the football field, has been the best quarterback in college football. You get an offensive, like a, the offense they have, first of all, James Robinson, DJ Chark, I think LaVisca Chanel, I think he's going to fit there perfectly with what they want to do. Um, and then you get a guy like Urban Meyer, who is experienced team builder, knows how to bring teams up, given at the college level, but team building is team building. Um, you put them all together, this could be a real turnaround point for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think the owner, Shad Khan, knows that. And if they don't draft Trevor Lawrence, um, I have a feeling that the front office will be fired shortly <laughs> after. If, if, Jacksonville if will fire if they don't draft Trevor Lawrence, Tony Khan will get uh, Kenny Omega to come up there and one-wing angel every single person at front office uh, throwing <laughs> in the, the AEW tie-in to the Jaguars. But I'd like no, you're good. <laughs> and that's the one thing, like, like I'm going to be honest with you, Trevor Lawrence is like, he's built like a stallion. Like, this, he's yeah. the most, like, if, if you were playing Madden football and they asked you to create the most perfect quarterback. You just make Trevor Lawrence. He's got the longer hair and the, you know, the, the chiseled jaw. Like he looks like the guy that's going to quarterback your team for the next 20 years. And I'm so glad you, you, you mentioned Chanel because people sleep on him because he played in Colorado, but that dude can grab some balls. And I think he's going to be really good with a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I really liked him last year. Uh, He's, he's not like the, a typical X receiver, but he's more of like that big slot role that's becoming more and more prominent. You look at like someone like AJ Brown, that kind of role where he just gets the ball and runs with it. That's his kind of play style. So I, I want to kind of turn a little bit away from the quarterbacks here because one position that I always feel is always impactful, but this year it just doesn't feel the same, even though there's some quality talent, but you look at a lot of mock drafts and a lot of first round mocks don't have running backs going. You know, a lot of yeah. them, I don't see Najee Harris. I don't see Travis Etienne. Is, is, yeah. is running back really downgraded this year? Or is there so many other skilled players and not as big of a need at running back that teams are willing to just let them go to the next round? Uh, yeah, it's just an overall devaluation of the position. Um, you look at the top running backs in the league, you're like Alvin Kamara, that was a third-round pick. James Robinson last year was a UDFA. Austin Eckler, UDFA. It's not so much that the top talent isn't good, because Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, both 
deserve to be drafted in the first round. They are top 32 pick talents. Um, they are phenomenal players in their own rights. But the position is so, in comparison to other positions on the football field, less valuable because you can find good talent who can do the minimum that you need the position to produce in fourth, fifth round, later UDFA, just anywhere in the draft. And uh, people are starting to pick up on that. Um, so it's not really a knock on them because they're phenomenal. Even Javante Williams, uh, one of the kids from U, uh, North Carolina, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of the better running back classes we've had in recent memory, but the position is just not what it used to be. And teams are obviously moving more towards the pass and that's uh, causing the running backs to get pushed later and later. Um, there probably will be one drafted in the first round, even as the position gets less and less pop popular and valuable. One's been drafted in the first round. I pretty sure every year, um, quite pr- like every year, like just the last two years, you got Josh Jacobs and, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, just at the back end. And that's where I think uh, the, the the target area for them will be. I got a follow-up question on Ryan's question there, Garrett. In your opinion, which which running back could we see at the end of the first, like, in your opinion? Yeah, if it were me, it'd be Najee Harris. Uh, I like Travis Etienne a lot and what he brings to an offense with his speed and his ability to just burst through the line of scrimmage and destroy angles. But Najee Harris is so good. He is so – you don't see a guy with that big move that smoothly. It almost looks like he's gliding across the field. You look at him, he gets the ball, takes three cuts, chained right back to back, back to back to back, and just sprints into the open field. Doesn't have the best top-end speed, but gets you yards when you need them. He has some of the best hands in the class of the running backs. He can catch out of the backfield, run routes, do whatever you need him to do. He is a true three-down back and his NFL usage will, will show that. Now he, he reminds me a lot of a speed skater with the way he glides. Like, I, I love that he you said that good. three step and he's through. It's like, it's like a speed skater cutting around the corner and he hits those three mm-hmm. strides and he's gone right, right out that yeah. back half ball. And it, it's such a good, good way to put it. Such a good way to put it. You know, Luke mentioned, you know, who do you rate on these guys? I think this year's wide receiver class is not going to get the same credibility that last year's did with Jefferson and Ayuk and Chano, as we mentioned, and guys like that. But how do you, how do you kind of rate this year's, this year's wide receiver class? I know we're not going to get the same, a number of wide receivers in the first round, but I mean, I think there's a logical, logical chance you could sneak five in there. Am I crazy thinking that? Not at all. This wide receiver class is phenomenal. I know you said you might not think it, but it, there's a real chance it rivals last year's class. It is so good. Just at the top, you got Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, Rashad Bateman. Those are like the Woo! top four. And then oh, in that man. next tier, you got you got Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony, Terrace Marshall Jr. There are so many good options in this year's draft. I don't. I really don't think you can go wrong with any of them. And there's a mold for everyone. I feel like Elijah Moore is that guy who could sneak in at the end to be that fifth guy. You know, I it's love just, Elijah Moore. You are speaking it, my language right now. I love <laughs> Like I could see a team like Tampa Bay taking him. You know, Ooh, just I'm a Bucks fan. Ooh, that was, <laughs> I mean, think about it. You yeah. know, like 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 spoiler alert for the end of the show. I got I got Tampa Bay getting Christian Bar- uh, Barmore from from oh, yeah. Alabama inside inside lineman. 
But I I had Elijah Moore slotted there because I'm mm-hmm. thinking in my head, okay, you got Mike Evans, you know, you you got your you got yeah. uh, you know, I mean, you got the crop. But what if you just get one more weapon? Yeah, <laughs> like, the rich get richer. Yeah, that's a perfectly the rich get richer. I'm just like, there's a yeah. there's a chance they could just do one more. And I and yeah. I literally up until maybe an hour before. We got on air. I had Elijah Moore slotted at 32 to Tampa. I, I, I still think before I get to my last mock, that's where it's going to be. Yeah, I, I definitely do think the Barmore pick that you said is more towards the direction they'll go, D-line. But, man, I would love to see Elijah Moore in that offense. Yeah, it's it, like I did it, and I was like, damn, this kind of sucks not being a Bucks fan. But it's kind of like <laughs> it, would be, it would be awesome for Tampa. Yeah. So it kind of threw me in between, but, you know, I digress. Luke, what you got here? All right. So I have a question uh, about the Bengals pick here at number five. This one was one of the harder ones I struggled with. Um, I I think four quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three, four. So Bengals at five. Do you think um, they're going to protect him with Pene Sewell, or do you go get him a weapon like Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts? Um uh, or what do you do there if you're the, or do you trade back to a team willing to go get that fifth quarterback there? Yeah, that's that's really the million dollar question right now. Uh, most people are really expecting the draft to start um, either at four or five. Whether the I don't expect the Falcons to stick at four, so I'd say five because that's when the first non quarterback will be taken. Um, looking at last year, obviously the Bengals had one of the worst, if not the worst, offensive lines in the NFL, and then you get basically the best offensive lineman and a top three player in this class fall on your lap. Um, Penny Sewell, they at least projected to. Um, and then reports start coming out that Joe Burrow's lobbying the front office to draft Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase runs a four, three, eight at his pro day. And the hype starts again after not playing a year of football. And you're sitting there like, man, are they really not going to draft an offensive lineman? And I wish I really had an answer, but I have no clue what they're going to do. Um, if I had to guess, I really feel like they're leaning towards picking Jamar Chase right now, and I don't think that would be the wise decision just from a team-building perspective. You look at last year they drafted, um, what's his name, T. Higgins in the early second round. You got Tyler Boyd. You got, uh, no, they not A.J. Green anymore, but um, you have two good receiving options. Um, And your offensive line, sure, you signed, uh, who'd they sign? I cannot oh, remember his name for the I know what you're talking about, too. Let me... I'll yeah, dig it up. But they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they signed the offensive tackle, and I'm like, sure, but the name is not one that you're going to be like, oh, this is someone we can, like, like, like lean our future on with this Riley quarterback. Reef. You really need to protect. Yes, former yes, Viking. Riley Reese. Former Viking. Yeah, former Viking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, he's not – like if you're if your team went and signed Riley Reef, are you gonna be like, oh, this is our franchise left tackle? No, no, no because not, I didn't no, care about the Vikings and I I threw a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I didn't care that he was not on our team anymore. I was like, ah, we lost Riley. Yeah, Reef. yeah, it's not it's it's not a good situation <laughs> for their own line. Yeah, yeah so you'd think they'd look more towards Penn A too because of uh, Joe yeah. torn ACL from getting hit last year. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm. If they pick Penn A Sewell and Prove me wrong, I will be the happiest person ever. I love Joe Burrow. I want him to thrive there. 
And I think the best way to do that is to protect him first and foremost. And then you can go after weapons. And especially with this deep receiver class, draft Penny Sewell at five, draft Elijah Moore in the second round. There you go. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it, you know, or the kid from Florida that you mentioned, you know. There's, yeah, there's there's some, yeah, easy, easy ways you can do this. And, and I think it's a whole can of worms that you both opened because I was in the exact same boat when I look at my mock. Everything stopped when I got to five. I was like, da 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 mm. And I didn't even think about Burrow having the tie-in with Chase and levying to try to get him on the team. I didn't even think about that. So yeah. now that that put a whole nother a whole nother globule into my universe that once picked number five for the Bengals. So I'm even more confused with who I thought. And and I mean Sewell, you know he had, he had eight games in a row last year where he didn't allow a player to even put a hurry on his quarterback. Like, he's tremendous. Insane. He, he's insane. He's utterly insane. He's 20 years old. He's 20 years old and is a tremendous player. It's it's a you really can't go wrong if you pick him. But there's a lot of people that I see that are saying, well, the Bengals could t- do the same thing and take that O line in the later rounds. And yes. I just I don't I don't know if you let that go. And I've also seen I, like and this 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 even throws a whole other craziness into it too, especially you know seeing this guy play a little bit, not paying as much attention because of his position. But I've seen mocks where Rashawn Slater is going higher than Sewell. Yeah, that um, I don't think that's too far out of reach. I, from just being on Twitter and seeing what people say about Roshan Slater, looking at Daniel Jeremiah and Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl, people have Roshan Slater as their offensive tackle one in the draft, and the NFL really, really loves him from everything I've seen. So, in the end, I don't think he goes before them, but it it shocked me if he goes out of the top ten. If he goes, that's crazy. Like, it's literally wild that, that you, you see. And I know, you know, we're the guys that come in from the outside going, boo, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, like, <laughs> we know everything, obviously. But, you know, to have a tackle that – okay, t- tell me if I'm crazy here, Garrett, but I feel like Sewell has that same feel to him with how talented he is, how talented he is with his head on straight and his natural ability – He's got that Joe Thomas level of career where he's going to be doing this for 15 years as a pro bowler. Yeah, I I never like to comp guys to some of the greatest of all time, but I I get what mm-hmm. you're saying. Um, it it really seems like he's just going to be that consistent pro bowl, all pro caliber player who's yeah. reliable and can protect your quarterback. Like if you're looking at it and you have the option of pairing your second year quarterback with a 20-year-old offensive tackle who's going to be there for the next 12 years, you take that every day of the you week. That's security your franchise quarterback, quarterback, quarterback and your franchise left tackle. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I just that's, – and, and, and that's, a good, that's a good point, too. Like, it's – you know, I, I, I don't I, – I agree. I don't, I don't want to try to, you know, compare player to player, but when you think right. tackle that's going to be protecting your guy for 15 years, you think Joe Thomas. Oh yeah, and definitely. it's just I, I just I feel like Sewell had like I mean me and Luke have went back and forth about this like okay how do the Vikings dumb their way in into getting Sewell somehow so it would take a bit <laughs> we're we're both on the the antithesis that that people dog Kirk Cousins and I, and and our thought is well it's really hard when your quarterback literally can only count to two B and then has to throw the football. Yeah, you know, so before you crap on him too hard, realize he's got two seconds and he's got to throw it half the time. 
Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so like, but I get it. That's a whole other conversation for the day. That's also us being homers. But still, our head's going, if we had this opportunity, we are protecting our investments. <laughs> you know? Of course. Joe Burrow watched his limb get decimated, and you yeah. might not protect him? Yeah. I, I, just, I can't wrap my head around it. It just blows my mind, man. Yeah. I got to ask you, Garrett. What do you think is going to be the wildest pick that you see in this first round? The, that one Ooh. pick where you see a team do it and you're going, what the hell is wrong with that front office? Yeah, so it's going to be Gregory Rousseau from Miami, the edge rusher. Um, one of the opt-outs, one of the first guys to opt-out last year, he is – Six foot six, two hundred sixty pounds, has vines for arms and can rush from the nose tackle position and get pressures and sacks on the quarterback. They're like, oh, sick, that's awesome. And then you turn on the tape and you realize that he did it by running straight and just out muscling guys. He has no, he has no plan of pass rush. He has no moves. He has no just like nothing. No bull rush. It's it's literally a bull rush. He just runs through the guy and. You look at him and you're like, this guy's getting first-round hype. I don't see it. You see the physical tools. He didn't test elite like some people thought he would. Um, but it, it really just doesn't make sense to me. And he's been getting first-round first hype since the summer. Everyone thought he would be the next Chase Young, the next great pass rusher to come out and go in the top five. But I would not draft him in the first two rounds. I I I, uh, I I finished my mock like I said tonight. We're going to do our mock 1.0 later in the show. He didn't make my cut. <laughs> I'm like I'm yeah. not falling into that hype. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Not even in the top cut. Yeah, it's not making it's not making it for me. Uh, Luke, give me one more for uh, before we uh, uh, wrap up here with Jarrett, sir. Alright, so I have the opposite question of Ryan over there. Besides the quarterback. What's the one player that teams are going to look back and go, we should have drafted him? Ooh, that's a really good question. <laughs> Ooh, i got to think a little bit about that one. So I'm thinking second-round prospects who are going to hmm, – okay, you know what? No, I'm going to stick with a first-round prospect who has seen his name drop down boards involuntarily because of an injury, and that's Caleb Farley. Um, I yeah. Prior to injury, that's a good pick. Top five player in this class for me if he's on the field healthy. This guy is phenomenal. He's only been playing the position for two years. Came in, uh, played quarterback in high school. Came into uh, Virginia Tech, uh, expected to play wide receiver. Suffered a knee injury in camp. Switched to cornerback. Came in, balled out his first season then came back, balled out again his second season, had to cut it short a bit because of a back injury, or because of a uh, – I cannot remember what the injury was. But he was the first big player to, opt, player to opt out of the season, had some back spasms, and then, of course, has this next back surgery, which is not good if you're having multiple back surgeries within 10 months of each other. Um, but, man, if he's on the field, you have a top five player in this draft, and – before the injury, I was mocking him 9-10 to Denver or Dallas consistently. Uh, after the injury, it's looking like he's going to go late teens or into the 20s even. And I feel like 
he can come, if he can come back from that injury, he's going to make a lot of teams wish that they had picked him. You know, I I uh, I got him twenty two to the Titans with three quarterbacks yeah. in front of him, and all yeah. of them I look at going, I feel like I'm wrong about every one of those three over him. But I the just quarter, I the corners in this class are phenomenal. They're so yeah, good. So I wouldn't. Mean, yeah. When you, when you got a guy like Asante Samuel Jr., who they have like ranked as like the 70th prospect, and he could be a first rounder. Yeah. The corners are very, very talented. And, and that's Looking good, at that too. Year too. Like, they're phenomenal. It's, I always like seeing good corners come in the league because they always are so damn hungry. Because, yeah. you know, it, it's almost like they come in feeling that they have no respect on them. And, and these yeah. NFL receivers are just going to stun them. And then they go yeah. in and just start Parking ball hawking. Yeah, it's like, get him. When you're playing DB, you got to think you're the best player on the field. You have to have that confidence because you're going into it. The wide receivers know what they're doing. The DB's got to guess. And if they can, Mm -hmm. not really guess, but they got to react real quick. And if they can do that, you're, and play with that confidence and that swagger, you're. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's that's why I'm looking at this draft one, man. There's going to be some people that are going to get some really good corners late in these drafts that other people did not take. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for that. Uh, Garrett, I greatly appreciate you sticking with us, knocking us out, half hour of banter. Like I said before, I was like, usually we try to slot for this amount of time, but it never happens because <laughs> people that love sports just rant and rave and banter, and it makes yeah. a great combo. But I do have to ask really quick before we let you go, we have a tradition we like to play with our guests. And, Luke, this will be your first time, as uh, this is your uh, first time doing sportscast with us. We have a game we like to play called Uberfax. Would you guys like to play right. a game of Uberfax with me? Sure. I'm game. Uberfax, the most unimportant things you'll never need to know. If you haven't ever seen it before, Uberfax is the exactly what it says. It's the most obnoxious, proven true facts in the world. I have four facts in front of me. Three of them are real, true facts. One of them I, may, I have made up. You guys got to tell me which one I have made up. I will Let's give them it. to you right now. There we go. Number one, roughly 300 deceased people are currently frozen, waiting to be revived with future technology. Number two, applying her, uh, hemorrhoidal cream to your chest and waist can make you look more muscular. Number three, an African beast species named Biru Yellow is twice as deadly as the last giant bee that found its way into North America last year, but is said to be contained. And number four, in the 21st century, Lego has proven to be a better investment than gold. Garrett, I'm going to ask you first, which one is the fake fact? I'm going to guess the Lego one. Go with the Legos. Luke, what do you got? I'm going to go with number two, the cream. All right. So so you guys are both smart to stay away from roughly 300 deceased people are currently frozen. That is a real fact proven. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Unfortunately, the hemorrhoidal cream really does supposedly make you look more muscular. Luke, I apologize for that. And Garrett, I apologize. Lego really oh. has 
be a better investment. Um, an African bee species named Beetle Yellow is completely made up. When I went to Tokyo and covered 10 wrestling shows in 2019, I would go to the counter and yell, Beetle! And that's how they would give me a beer. So that's what Beetle means. Yellow meaning with the beer. So it's completely fake. The host wins the Uber facts for the evening. Kapuya, Kapuya, as, as the, the sound effect. I uh, should have said if our producer was paying attention here. Kapuya, Kapuya! There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but that was Uber facts, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Garrett, plug everything you got, my man. Let them know everywhere they can read your stuff. Social media, blood type, everything you want the people to know that are listening right now. Yeah, I'll keep it quick for you all. Uh, like you said at the start, you can find all my articles on my work at withthefirstpick.com, part of Fansided's branch. All the writers over there, too, check them out. We have a great team. And then on Twitter, you can find me at, at NFL Ballard, B-A-L-L-A-R-D. I'm pretty much just on there talking ball, giving my thoughts on prospects, football, whatever I really feel like. It's a good time. So, yeah. Garrett, I thank you so much for coming out with us, uh, chopping it up late night here with us. As we get closer to the draft, uh, we may reach back out and see if you want to answer again because that was a lot of fun. All right, man? I would love to. I appreciate you all reaching out for this. It was a great time. All right, thanks I a think. lot. All right. Garrett, Garrett Ballard, ladies and gentlemen, coming out with us here tonight. Cut that bitch off! Ladies and gentlemen, we have another hour with you here tonight. That was Damn, he was good. That's what I'm telling you guys. Get these fans, were you expecting that, Luke? No, I wasn't. He was very good. <laughs> were, no, but were you expecting the Rev X to come in and hit him with Cut that bitch off! <laughs> no, I was not. It made me laugh. I had to mute my mic. There we go. What's up, Coco? <laughs> uh, like I said, these guys from Fansided are so good at what they do with their writing. Um... I love having them on. They're always a great interview. They always have a lot of fun. They'll, they'll always play the Uber facts. Finally, the host won. I haven't won in, like, the last, like, seven games, man. Uh, so I'm very happy I won. But it's always a good time. They know what they're talking about. Pay attention to fan side of guys. There's a reason they're affiliated with Sports Illustrated. God, that was some fun banter. Luke, how you feeling, man? Hour into your I'm first show? Good. I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to do this every week. So I think since we kind of answered a lot of questions talking about the trades and this and that, the things that we were going to do from ten thirty-five. Look at how look at that perfect timing, by the way. Got them out right at ten thirty-five, just like I said. Look at this. This is called perfection. We're gonna flip the script on it. We we're not we're gonna we're gonna ditch we're gonna ditch the layout, Luke. All right. We're gonna go right into our mock. Okay. Because I want I want to I want to be able to dive in, really talk about it, give it as much time as we can. Luke, if you give me a pick, you know what's gonna happen, right? A bad. What's pick? gonna happen? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? I, I forgot about all these. Uh, what is this? Huh? Oh, that's my child saying cock. Never mind. Why do I have that on the soundboard? <laughs> and this one's always a good one. This is where we, Elijah, if you're listening, man, I love you, but this is where, this, this one's great. Yeah, do you like a read? Okay. 
Yeah, yeah Elijah. <laughs> he goes, okay. Let's go into our mock drafts 2021. These are our mock 1.0. We're going to update these each and every week. Um, y'all need to get fired up. Get ready to roll. He needs some milk. Let's get into the mock draft, Luke, at number one. Do we even have to talk about it? Uh, no, I I have Jacksonville taking Trevor Lawrence. No explanation needed. No one needs to fight about it. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, let's go to number two, the New York J-E-T-S. Um, so I have them taking Zach Wilson from BYU. Yeah. Yep, I, it I, just, I'm with you. It just makes sense after the Sam Darnold trade that they're going in the QB direction. Yeah, I got Zach Wilson as well, especially after reports came out that they're really looking at him. I know a lot of people are really high on him. Uh, Zach Wilson, number two. We are two for two on our drafts. What you got at number three? At three, I got Mac Jones uh, to the 49ers. Uh, I've read a lot of reports that Shanahan and the front office at the 49ers love this kid, and this was, and he's the only reason they traded up to number three. Yep, I have Mac Jones as well. I heard the exact same things, although it did come out tonight that they are very excited to get to Justin Fields' second pro day on Monday, I believe it is. Yeah, I read that. Don't know what that's going to do, but as of now, 1.0 mock, I'm going Mac Jones as well. We're a three for three together. Atlanta Falcons, number four. This is where I'm going to trade. This is where I have a trade. I got um, the Broncos trading from nine up to four with the Falcons um, uh, for Justin Fields uh, from Ohio State. Uh, Drew Locke is not the answer. I don't think anyone in that John Elway doesn't think Drew Locke's the answer. (laughs) What do you got there? Uh, I I want the Falcons to stay at four, and I have them taking Trey Lance. North Dakota yeah, I feel like they're just going to draft the replacement to uh, Matt Ryan and essentially hope that he can just work his way into the system. They can keep the exact same offense they have going and just kind of treat it as nothing changes, which I don't know if that's the right answer. Yeah. What do you got at five? Trey Lance? Trey Lance at four? Yeah, I I think it's Above. stupid. I look. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think Justin Fields should go number two, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I do think he's going to be there. I really think he's good. I think he's going to. You know, you know, it's kind of like everyone talked about Tua, and then Justin Herbert came out of nowhere. I think. Yeah. I, I really think Fields is gonna be that same kind of way, or or with Burrow. Like I think. Yeah. I think Fields is going to knock some people's socks off. I think he's going yeah. to be really damn good. When we're doing a mock of what we think they're going to do, well, I'm sorry. I think the Falcons are dumbasses, and they're going to take Trey Lance. <laughs> I really do. I, I respect your thought process. I don't like my thought process, but I think that's what's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> like, I don't think it's the right move. But then again, that's what I said to Garrett. We all think we're smarter than them. So, you know, I'll leave it at that. All right. Who's next? Bengals at five? Bengals. 
I have them, unlike Garrett said earlier with the Jamar Chase thing, I don't think they're going to be stupid. I think they're going to take Penny Sewell as their mouths are watering that he fell to five. You got to protect your future asset. And Joe Burrow, especially after a torn ACL from a sack earlier last season, it just doesn't make sense to go any other route here. With the Bengals at number five, I think they're not going to make a lot of sense. And I think they're going to draft Kyle Pitts from Florida. Really? Wow, that is shocking. Yeah, I told you. I think they are going to try to give Joe Burrow as many weapons as they possibly can and stock up on linemen later in the draft. That's crazy. Because now you have Pitts, you have T. Higgins. You're starting to build this conglomerate of, of people. What did I say, conglomerate? Conglomerate. <laughs> Started to this conglomerate of uh, talent. And I just, I, I, I don't think it's the right move, but I think when he's there at five, they're going to do it. I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I do either. I still think Penny Sewell is the right play, but... Oh, for sure, I, it's, I a, just, it's 100% the right play. I feel like they're going to just stock up. They're going to just, just, just try to get them more weapons. Yeah. I could see it. Um, so at six with the Dolphins. Um, so I have them taking Jamar Chase here to give Tua an elite target at wide receiver. Um. I also had I had Kyle Pitts here before I switched it to Jamar Chase, so you could I I might switch that later, but I think Dolphins get to a target no matter which way they go. They they got to get them someone to throw the ball to other than um, uh, Devontae Parker. So I'm gonna go Jamar Chase here uh, with uh, Tua and the uh, Dolphins. Yeah, I, I would Jamar Chase also. I think they'd be licking their chops if Kyle Pitts was still there. I think Kyle yeah. Pitts is going to have the same type of uh, impact that Travis Kelsey is having right now. Or yeah, uh, I, George Kittle. I really think he's going to be that good. I truly do. Yeah. Um, so, since they don't have him, I have them taking Jamar Chase. But once again, Garrett had a great thought that I never thought of with um, Burrow lobbying to bring Jamar Chase there. I never put yeah. that together. Yeah, I just uh, I just can't see him doing it, but maybe they do. Who knows? Well, I guess here's where you got to look at, and you're coming with me to the kitchen here, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to travel while we're drafting. Um, it's one of those weird situations where how happy do you want to keep your quarterback? Yeah. Like, do you think by not taking – Jamar Chase, you're going to piss your guy off that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, are you in this situation where, like, hmm, it doesn't make sense, but if we don't do it, oh, shit. If we don't do it, you know, why why try to cause some tension when we don't need to have tension? Yeah. And you are getting but, a, an elite wide receiver, I mean. But I also agree. I don't think that's the right pick. And I think if you're going to take anything, I think you take Kyle Pitts because you get your you get your young quarterback a tight end. Because I still feel like that's always the best solution for them. Because 
you know, while learning the offense and being used to the way that the game speed is different from college, your tight end's always yeah. going to be the first guy to be open. So that's kind yep. of what leveraged me to getting to taking tips instead of chase when I decided that I think they're going to give him offensive weapon because he's going to have quicker leverage to get to pace than he would to chase. I got but it. Still, I feel it. Still the wrong answer. I'm with you. They should, they need to take Penny Sewell. That's the right answer. 100% the right answer. All right, who's next? The Lions. All right, I got the Lions taking Jalen Waddle, wide receiver from Alabama. Nice. Um, It's just this one's a simple pick just because of the departure of Kenny Galladay and Goff needs an offensive weapon to throw the ball to after he got created there. Um, And then with – with Chase going the pick, I mean they're just. Gonna, I think they just take the best available wide receiver, which is Jalen Waddle. So here's where the second controversy that I think you're going to have with me happens. I have the Detroit Lions taking Justin Fields at number seven. Holy! Because I feel like the biggest failure for the Rams with Jared Goff that they had was they never gave him any competition to try to win his job. Okay. He never had to win his job. Yeah. He was just kind of handed it. Yeah. So yeah you're right. just like, Here you go. Number one pick. Congratulations. And then they're like, Oh, maybe we should have had him try to win his job. Well, maybe if we do a draft or do some trades, you know, yeah, I feel like Detroit's going to go, yeah, we did trade for you, but we're going to put somebody that's going to be right in your backfield and make you have to work for it. I could. It makes sense. I, I, I just don't know if the Lions are smart enough to do that. <laughs> and maybe, you know, and, and to be fair, counterpoint being, maybe I'm thinking of it in the, in the wrong light, and it would be stupid to do that. But aside from, yeah, they went to the Super Bowl, but Jared Goff has not performed well in pressure. The only thing I'd be afraid of with that scenario is is that you'd run into, like, the thing that uh, the Eagles did last year with Hurts and uh, Wentz, that that Hurts, that, uh, not Hurts, Wentz would not do good, and they'd put Hurts, like, Hurts in, and then essentially. And then start winning? Yeah. Because they figured out that that with competition he couldn't perform? Yeah. We'll see how he does. Yeah. Uh, What do you got at eight for Carolina? So I have them taking Kyle Pitts and giving Sam Darnold, because I think Teddy's gone now or he's just going to back up. I can't see them trading for Sam Darnold not to have him start. I know it's sad. It's sad. Uh, But I think Kyle Pitts falls to eight just because of other needs of the other teams. And I think Sam Darnold finally gets weapons with DJ Moore there. Now Kyle Pitts, um, Christian McCaffrey. So now he's got a team to show if he truly has what it takes to be a quarterback in the NFL. I think uh, Sam Darnold drops down on his knees and begins to praise the front office that traded for him. As at number eight, I have the Carolina Panthers landing and magooing themselves into Penny Sewell. Really? Because he still hasn't gone yet. And they're going, oh, my God, we just traded for Darnold, and the best tackle is just sitting here for us. 
That would I Sam Darnold would be a happy man. Mm-hmm. Sam Darnold would be like Manny Pacquiao after he fought Floyd Mayweather. I thought I won the fight. Yeah. You thought you won the fight? Why? He didn't do nothing. <laughs> I thought I won the fight. <sighs> yeah, if either of those picks, Sam Darnold would be happy. I mean, the Jets never gave him anything, so you know, no. if he gets a left tackle to protect him or a, the best tight end to throw the ball to, I mean, he's going to be happy. Uh, Denver at nine. What do you got going there? So I have the Falcons here with that trade from earlier. That's right. And I have them getting Trey Lance here. So we have them going to the same team, <laughs> just at different picks. That's um, funny. And I, I agree with everything you said from when you picked him at four. Um, they're gonna, they're just, they're not gonna play him year one. They're, he's gonna sit behind Matt Ryan unless if Matt Ryan gets injured to develop uh, into their future starter. So. Uh, at nine, I had the Denver Broncos, knowing they couldn't get a better quarterback going, well, let's at least try. And I had them taking Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern. To try That's to a good pick to, to, to protect Drew Locke. I like that. Mm-hmm. Or a the quarterback that they get later. Yeah, like they could. I could see them drafting like a quarterback in the second or third and seeing what they develop into, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas at 10 to run out the first third of the draft. What you, what you thinking? So I have the Cowboys taking Patrick Sertan this second. Yeah, Patrick Sertan is in, baby. Yeah. That's what I got. Uh, Alabama quarterback. I'm with you. This Same one's thing. just easy because that Cowboys defense was atrocious last year. I think it finished like in the bottom five in every statistic. Um, <laughs> so they just take they just take best available defensive player here, which is Patrick Sertan. So. Yeah, they, they they need they need a cornerback like fucking Demtris needs Jesus like like this team is bad in the secondary man. Yeah, I, I got Patrick Sertain Jr. Uh, going to Alabama it's with them going. Please let him be half of what he was when he was on the Dolphins' his father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Giants at eleven. I went. Uh, so I. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to take the next half. No, you take the next half. You got it. I'll, I'll take the next uh, the next ten and then let you close out. Um, I had the Giants taking edge rusher from Michigan, Quiddy Pay. I feel like I felt like they need a receiver. They I I think they don't need a receiver, but they want a receiver. But the fact that yeah, a guy do. that's an edge rusher with that ability, where I know he's getting a lot of first round grades. I know a lot of people have uh, Jalen Phillips ahead of him, but I feel like he did so well in Michigan that he's a guy who can come in. And the Giants have always prided themselves on having good edge rushers. So I think it just fits their mantra. And that's why I took Quiddy Pay. Yeah. You have him a little higher than I do. Um, um I have them going defense as well, but I have them taking Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. Great pick. Um, Just because their linebackers are weak, um, and they need a leader on that defense, and Parsons can do that. So I have them taking him, best available, in my opinion, defensive player. So I have them following the Cowboys' lead, just taking the best available defensive player on the board. So That makes a lot. That's a great pick, too. I, I had thought about that, too. Um, Philadelphia, 
I think it's very easy. They need to redeem themselves from this one right here. Oh, my man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them, unlike Aguilar. I haven't taken Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama, because <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't like Aguilar. <laughs> Good old Nelson um, Aguilar from USC. But yeah, I, I, I thought you need to get uh, you need to get Hurts a weapon, especially if you're going to give him a shot. Uh, Devonta Smith, fantastic catcher out of Alabama. Yeah, I have the same same pick, Devonte Smith. Um, uh, I have him for the same reasons. I think the Eagles are sold on Jalen Hurts. They're going to give him a shot, and I don't think they're going to make mistake make the same mistake twice in back to back drafts where they missed out on Justin Jefferson last year, a pick before yep. them, a pick after them, and then they get yeah, they the took Jalen Rager, didn't they? Yeah, like the pick before the Vikings took mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson. So they get their number one in Devonta Smith. So uh, Chargers wanting to protect Justin Herbert. I am grabbing, and very happily grabbing, by the way, Christian Derrissaw, offensive tackle for Virginia Tech. They used to do a wonder on that O-line. I think Justin Herbert's going to be very happy with it. Uh, I have him taking the same position, different player. I have him taking Rashawn Slater just because he's moving up draft boards like Garrett said earlier. A lot of people have him as the number one tackle, not a I have him at nine. Yep. Um, so I have uh, Rashawn Slater going to protect Herbert, which showed last year that he is the QB of the future for the Chargers. Yeah, so. Our Minnesota Vikings, this is not hometown bias, but just the way the cousin crumbles and it makes me so happy. I got a staking uh, lineman from USC, Elijah Vera Tucker. And I'm stoked as hell that that happened. So I had them taking Elijah Vera Tucker in my original draft. I switched it to Christian Derrissaw for this one. Um, just for the I would like Derrissaw to something you'll be there. Yeah, I have him taking Derrissaw just because he's still there on mine. And they need to protect Kirk Cousins because – like you said earlier to Garrett, yeah, your quarterback can't succeed if he only has two seconds to throw the football. So <laughs> it just makes sense with this kind of talent at tackle still sitting well, there. Just to, like, am I wrong when, when I say that people shit on Kirk Cousins for, oh, he just makes some errant throws. The dude literally has two seconds to throw the football. It's like statistically proven. He has the least amount of time in the pocket than any NFL quarterback. How can you shit on him? But he doesn't yeah. have an opportunity to play his position. Yeah, no, and he doesn't. So hopefully. Like, I'm sorry, but I think Cousins is fan. You notice the games he's getting blocks, how well he does? Yeah. Hopefully like, the Vikings don't go out of their way and make it worse and not draft one because they need so an offensive lineman. So. Everybody listening right now who, who's, who's shitting on Cousins, stop it. If you're a Vikings fan listening, we're a Minnesota radio show. I get that. You don't think Kirk Cousins is good? Then don't don't fucking listen to us anymore. I don't want you listening to the show. Like, I'm sorry if that's harsh, but you, then you don't understand football. He is a legit good quarterback. He's in the top ten in almost every category, and he has no time to do anything. If you gave him twice as much time in the pocket, he's going to be putting up MVP caliber numbers, and I guarantee you that I'm not just being a homer. So if you're sitting there over in Lakeville and you're like, oh, yeah, Kirk Cousins sucks, 
Go fucking listen to Meat Sauce on KFAN. Because I don't want you listening. But I'm sorry if that's like, I'm sorry if I shouldn't be saying that, but it just pisses me off to no end. It really does, Luke. It drives me nuts. Yeah. We, we would have people that would call in and go, well, you know, if the Vikings didn't have to worry about Kirk Cousins, okay, well then tell me what your solution is. Tell me how the fuck you're going to fix this. Because you're not yeah. going to fix it. Because you don't know what you're talking about. Because you don't understand what happens when 11 grown-ass men are charging you and you have two seconds to release the rock or you're going to get smoked. I'm sorry. Yeah, like you me off. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Like you said, uh, everyone complains about his price tag. Um, he's a top 10 paid quarterback. And like you said, statistically, he's top 10 in almost every single statistic except for like primetime wins, I think it was, or something like that. But Yeah, but when your defense betting up 40 points, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Last year, our biggest issue was offensive line, and I wouldn't even say that. It was more the defense. I mean, I think I looked, me and you looked one night when we were just talking. The Vikings lost like six games last year where they scored more than 30 points. Yeah, how do you expect to win? It just, it drives me nuts. Like, I, I know I shouldn't be cursing and getting all irritated, but it's just like, if you think he's the problem, you don't understand what's what how football works. That just it just drives me nuts, man. I'm sorry. No, oh, I hear you. It just pisses me off. And like, obviously, if you're listening, I don't want you to turn this off. I I, I see people in our call window who are listening via mobile. I don't want you to hang up. I apologize for screaming. But come on, have a sense of just some fucking sort of intellectual thought about this. Like, it's, it's just, it's, uh. Like, if, if if you don't have time to make a play, you're not going to, like, you can't do anything. What do you want from the guy? I don't know. Fuck, man. That's why, so, yeah, that's why, like, we will both want tackles. I would love Darius. I would Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, at 15, I had the Patriots taking Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. Best available linebacker. They definitely need one. Yeah, I think I think Parsons sliding to them. They do that low-key high five under the table where they're jacked about it type thing. <laughs> Dude, do they forget to high five each other like Tom Brady on the bench? Yeah, they're, 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 well, they they more like not looking at each other like hell yeah, great pick, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I have the forty. I have the 49ers getting this pick with Jimmy G going back to the Patriots. Okay. Um, and I have the 49ers taking J.C. Horn, cornerback, South Carolina. Um, oh, yeah. Just because Rick Furman's gone now. Uh, I think I read last that the team's not sure if he's going to be back. He's still a free agent, so they need a corner. Uh, they already got their QB of the future at pick three in Mac Jones, so it just would make sense for them to stir up a corner here with J.C. Horn. That's, I think that's a really good, really good pick. J.C. Horn is, you know, and he's the yeah. guy that I kind of pondered over, for to say, yeah. or, uh, per se, over the last. I thought I had the things. Yeah, we don't have any more. I used to have the uh, the Richard Sherman where he's like, I'm the best corner in the league. If, you, if you're Michael Tri- or what it, it's like, if you're sorry like Michael Crabtree or something like that. Yeah. If you put a sorry receiver like Crabtree, I'll be mean, that's the results you're going to get. I, I used to have it on there, but I don't. I do have this one right here. This old guy checks this up. This is way random. 
Ma'am, in this brochure it says this tour is crunk. What does that mean? Somebody, welcome to Atlanta music video. <laughs> welcome to Atlanta. We're the players. <laughs> um, at number 16, I had Jalen J.C. Horn going to the Cardinals to replace Pat Pete. And then I balked on it. Because then I went, man, I know you have to replace Pat Pete, but you have later rounds. But if you could give DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and A.J. Green, Jalen Waddle, why would you not do it? So yeah. I have Jalen Waddle falling to the Cardinals at 16. Oh, the Cardinals would be licking their chops at that point because now you got oh. the replacement for Fitzgerald when he leaves. Yep, and in the time being, he can sit there and do all your special teams. Well, your slots. Oh, so like I understand J.C. Horn, uh, you know, Greg Newsom the second, Sam Fairley, probably better picks because they need to replace Pat Pete. But, but if you could get Kyler Murray a weapon like Jalen Waddle at 16, who I hadn't had drafted yet, it was I just I had to do it. So at 16, I got the Cardinals yeah. drafted Jalen Waddle. So for uh, number 16, I have the Cardinals protecting your boy uh, Murray with Elijah Vera Tucker. Sorry. Uh, I'll just, take it. Uh, yeah, just to give Murray more time to get the ball to those receivers, like you said. Um, and then maybe he doesn't have to scramble and get hit as much as he has the last couple years in the league. So I have them sure in that uh, offensive lineup with Tucker there. Uh, Raiders at 17. I know they've gotten into three of their five starting offensive tackles, and they should probably draft a Tevin Jenkins or something like that. But I have them taking Jeremiah Owusu Koromo, linebacker Notre Dame, somebody to take that Khalil Mack role and try to anchor that defense. Yep, yep, yep. I thought about him here too, but I I do have the Raiders taking Tevin Jenkins, the tackle. Yeah. Um, I just heard a lot of rumors that they, yeah, I just heard a lot of rumors that Carr, they thought about maybe trading Carr. I think if you get him protection and see what he can actually do, you can get a better full view of if he is your QB or if you need to reboot reboot that position next year in the draft. So Yeah, I I think that's a good pick. That was my my other pick if I didn't take uh, uh, Cormo. Um, I know we talked about the running backs not being valued as much, but I still think they're going to go. At 18, I have the Miami Dolphins welcoming Najee Harris from Alabama to their team to play with Tua. I I wanted to put him there here so bad, but I didn't because I thought it was too soon, and I didn't think there was any way the Dolphins at 18 would draft a running back there. Which they might not. (laughs) Yeah, um, I have him taking Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher from Miami. Um, uh, the Dolphins, they just need defensive help. I mean, their offense is pretty – it's not great, but, it. I mean, it's serviceable. So, I have him taking uh, the edge rusher to help get pressure on the quarterback. Not a bad play, not a bad play. Uh, the Washington football team, I have taking Tevin Jenkins, the tackle from Oklahoma State, try to give some pets coverage to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, see if you can maybe do something with that Washington team. So this is the pick I struggled with the most, actually, is because <laughs> Washington's at that 
is at the awkward point where they need a yeah. quarterback for the future. I don't think they have what it takes to dr- trade up to that top five that they would need to probably get him, top six maybe. Um, I didn't have any, like, elite talent at wide receiver left that's worth this pick, in my opinion, really, maybe besides Rashard Bateman. So I have them taking Jeremiah owusu Koromoa, whatever you uh, said. Koromoa from Notre Dame. Yeah, from Notre Dame. Um, he's one of the faster linebackers, and um, they do need a linebacker there. Uh, Kerrigan's getting old, so they do need someone yeah. to fill that position, so it makes sense. Um, I have the Bears stammering over their own feet, fumbling to get to the draft podium, as somehow J.C. Horn, cornerback South Carolina, falls to their lap. Uh, they're ecstatic. I'm irritated because I hate the Bears. But uh, kudos to them getting a solid placement since they didn't want to keep Kyle Fuller for some reason. He still won't be able to cover Justin Jefferson, though. Hell no. <laughs> so I have the Bears actually trading back here um, with the Jets, who have the 23rd pick. Um, and then I have the Jets uh, picking Rashad Bateman, uh, nice. wide receiver from Minnesota. Um I have this as a most likely scenario just because the next two pick are the Colts and Titans who both need a wide receiver as well. And Bateman's the last, I would say, elite talent at wide receiver left in the first round. Um, So they get their new number one quarterback, Zach Wilson, someone to throw the ball to as well. Yeah, that's not a bad take. I treated the Colts and the Titans in the same need as the Bears when they need cornerbacks. So the Colts at 21, I took Greg Newsom the second for Northwestern. And then just because I already said it earlier, uh, Caleb Fairley, quarterback from Virginia Tech to the Titans at 22. So I went double corner on the next two picks. Um, so 21, I have the same pick. I have Greg Newsom uh, from Northwestern going to the Colts. Um, they need help there. I mean, they did resign Xavier Woods after a great year, um, but they do need younger here. players. Uh, no, he resigned with no Mackenzie Alexander came back to the Vikings. No, we signed Xavier Woods too. No, Xavier Rhodes. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They got Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. yeah. So I have him taking Greg Newsome. Um, I have the Titans taking Quiddy Pay to replace Jadavian Clowney because he That'd left. That'd be fantastic. Maybe and maybe I'm overhyping him having him at eleven. I might have just had him too high. Uh, but but nice pick. All right. Twenty three. Twenty three. The Jets. I have Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher from Miami. I'm trying to build a little bit of that defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have at twenty three the Bears pick now because they get this with the trade with the Jets for twenty. Um, I didn't know what to do for the Bears because I hate the Bears. <laughs> um, so I gave them Trayvon Morig, the safety from TCU. Yep. Um, I I read a couple things on him. Uh, it says he can play safety and corner. So I kind of figured they'd take a versatile player that can maybe play both. So there you go. Uh, Twenty four. I know. They have James Conner, and I know it's not a necessity, but they still desperately need a solid 
second back, especially if Connor just continues to digress like he has. Um, I have the Steelers taking Travis Etienne running back from Clemson at 24. Ooh, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, I have Steelers. I was really Connor gets hurt all the time. Yeah, Connor gets yeah. hurt, and he had that one good year with Le'Veon Bell sitting, and he hasn't really amounted to like what he did that year since then. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I have the Steelers taking Caleb Fairley corner. Um, right. I have him dropping this far, just like Garrett said, because of injury stuff, and you're not really sure if he's going to produce at what everyone thinks he should be able to. So, yeah. Um, 25 of the Jaguars taking uh, Trayvon Mulrig, safety from TCU, which you already talked about a couple rounds before this. Yep. Uh, I have the Jags uh, taking Samuel Cosme, tackle from Texas, to protect the Trevor Lawrence. Nice. Um, so, body. Yeah, you get him a big body to put in front of him so he has time to throw the ball to Chark and um, those other guys, Chenault and stuff, so. Uh, 26, Cleveland Browns, I am taking Aziz Ojolari, the edge rusher out of the Georgia Bulldogs. I think they could use that to match opposite of Miles Garrett. Uh, I have the same person, same pick, and same reason, so that one was easy. <laughs> Ravens, I have also going edge rusher, Penn State's Jason Owe. They need a guy up front that they haven't had in a while, so I think that's going to be a, a critical portion of getting Baltimore back on that pass rush for the quarterback. I have the same person, same pick, same reason. <laughs> Saints at 28. I want Eric Stokes, Stokes, cornerback out of Georgia. I feel like the Saints, aside from Jenkins, don't really have anyone back in their secondary. And with how beefy their division opponents are getting, they have to start to be able to protect the ball with, with Evans and Godwin and Jones. And um, oh, what's the other guy that the Falcons have? What is um, DJ Moore? No, he was the dude who was like the number one fantasy receiver. I don't know. I can't remember his name. Julio? No, they Calvin had Julio. Ridley? Calvin Ridley. There you go. With Ridley and Julio, those guys. So they have to really beef it up back there on the division. So that's why I want Eric Stokes. I, I took Eric Stokes as well for the Saints. Um, <laughs> I might switch it. I might switch it in futures to that Jimmy G trade. Uh, I liked what you had to say about that earlier. Um, but right now I have him taking Eric Stokes for the same reasons you mentioned. Staying on the same bandwagon. This one will be different because not only has he been taken already, but because the Packers do not believe in giving Aaron Rodgers one bit of help. I'm going to sacrifice my love and give them some help for one. At 29, I have the Green Bay Packers of Lambeau Field taking the one and only Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Oh. God, could you imagine how good Bateman could be with Rodgers? Yeah, he'd be really good, yeah, for sure. I, I have the same position but different players, so I have the Packers giving Aaron Rodgers the help he's asked for forever. Uh, I have him taking the man that you and Garrett talked about in Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, old miss, baby. Yep. He is good. He is a really beefy player. 
Yep, I have them finally giving him some help. Uh, Bills at 30, I think they're a pretty complete team, don't need a ton, but I think any way that they could scare the other team's quarterbacks is what help. Um, so I gave him Joe Tryon, edge rusher from Washington uh, with their first All right. So uh, I have Bills making that offense even better, and I have our first running back going in mine, uh, Najee Harris. Oh, um, wow. To the Bills the Bills here. Um, last That's year that, that run game was yeah. That last year that run game was not a I'll thing. Take that they get data. a three down. They get a three down back in Harris here, so it makes sense. Yeah, Luke hits you with the Levar ball. Stay in your lane. <laughs> Stay in your lane. <laughs> I don't know why I have this, but here's the Sydney. I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. I don't know why I'm that oh. <laughs> uh, Chiefs at 31, man, that you already took. Uh, Samuel Cosby from Texas. I feel like they need they need different options, maybe a corner to defend, or maybe even another receiver to throw to. But when it's all said and done, you've got to keep Patty Mahomes upright, and that's why I went Samuel Cosby. Uh, at 31, I have the Patriots trading back into the first round after trading out of it with the uh, getting um, Garoppolo earlier. And I have the Patriots getting Travis Etienne running back. Wow. Um, To give Jimmy G some help running the ball because it's been shown that Jimmy G thrives with a team that can run the ball. So I feel like they give him a running back weapon here. To help Ooh. on that ball. In 32, which I said before, Christian Barrymore from uh, Alabama, I think goes there. But I wouldn't be shocked if they give Tom Brady another flipping weapon like Elijah Moore. Uh, I have Christian Barrymore as well here, uh, just because, like Garrett said earlier, they need help on that defensive line. Just not a ton of help, but some help. Uh, but like you said, wouldn't be surprised if they gave him another weapon. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is our mock draft 1.0. Bitch. <laughs> Luke, I appreciate the the great jumping in. We still got 13 minutes left of time. Um, instead of canceling it, I'm gonna hit. I wanna. You got you got to tell me that you're not on Google. I'm not on Google. You're not on Google. I'm not on Google. Are you sure? I'm a hundred percent sure. Because because the way that that draft went, you were on Google. Nope. Be bolder. Look, Canelo told you to be bolder. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna hit you with this one more time. Three strikes, ladies and gentlemen. Luke, I am going to ask you with three strikes, can you name for me the top ten quarterbacks in passing yards all time? 
In passing yards? Passing yards all time. Uh, Drew Brees? Number one. Uh, Tom Brady? Number two. Uh, Peyton Manning? Number three. Um... I gotta say Brett Favre's up there. I'd assume number four. You have one to uh, Assuming you're cheating. Aaron Rodgers. That's the first strike. He is number eleven. Crazy. He he um, is short by two hundred and fifty yards. So he just needs to play one more game and he'll be top ten. Okay. Um, Dan Marino. Dan Marino number six. Dang, he threw for that many yards? He didn't even win a Super Bowl. 61,361. That's craziness. Um, Matthew Stafford, maybe? Uh, Matthew Stafford is not in the top 20. That's two strikes. Dang. Kelly um, though. <laughs> I'm going to say Philip Rivers, because he's been alive for like 20 years. Philip Rivers is number five. So you need seven, eight, nine, and ten. Okay. I'm going to say Matt Ryan because all they do is throw the football there. Number nine. Seven, eight, and ten. Um, um. I'm trying to think of quarterbacks. Eli Manning? Eli Manning, number eight. Okay. Number seven and number ten. Or seven and number ten. Um, I'm going to start a countdown. I don't know why, but I'm going to say Mike Vick. That is three strikes. You got eight out of ten. That's pretty damn good. You missed that number 10, John Elway. John Elway, huh? He was 250 above Aaron Rodgers. And at number seven, Ben Roethlisberger. I almost said Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman was not in the top 20. Oh, Matt Stafford was. He was 16. I apologize. Top 20 had 11 was Rodgers, then Warren Mood, Fran Tarkenton, Carson Palmer, Vinny Testaverde, Matt Stafford, Drew Bledsoe, Dan Fouts, Joe Flacco, and Kerry Collins. I'm surprised that uh, Matt Stafford's so low, especially with those years of Megatron and stuff. Yeah. Kerry Collins threw for over 40,000 passing yards. That's crazy, too. That's insane. Um, kind of leaves us where we're at. Do you have a, do you have a three strikes you want to run? Um. Yeah, I'll do one with you. Here, let me let me let me pull out Google now. All right, while you pull out the Google, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Where the hell did it go? I was gonna play you the sounder. I was gonna hook that ass up. I'm gonna hook All it right, up. I'm ready. Of the evening. What do we got? Luke All right. 
Uh, we're going away from football. We're going to hockey because I know you're all about your hockey. Yeah. Top 10 all-time points leaders. So that's all points, goals and assists. In the of NHL? All time. Yep, of all, all time. Right. Uh, Wayne Gretzky. That's number one. Um, let's go Mario Lemieux. Uh, that's number eight. Let's go Mark Messier. Uh, that's number three. Timo Solani. He is not in the top ten. That's your boy, bullshit. your boy Timo is number sixteen that's with fourteen five seven. All right, Yarmir Yager, yeah. play with Lemieux. Uh, that's number two. Um, let's go, let's go Stevie Y. Uh, the, is that his actual last name? No, his last name is Eisenman. Yeah, that's number seven. All right, so I have one, two, three. You have one, two, three, seven, eight with one strike. Let's go Gordy Howe because he had so many goals. That's number four. Um, he played 21 years with Quebec and Colorado. Was always a winner. Let's go Joe Sackick. That's number nine. What so you, need, uh, you need five, six, and ten. Um, Adam Oates. Uh, what did you say? Adam Oates. No. Frick, Frick. Um, so is that two? That's two, yep. All right, so long tenured con. Uh, Ron Francis, he played for like 25 years. Yep, uh, that's number five, so you need six and ten. Okay, okay, okay. I need to start thinking of, like, Montreal players. Um, oh, um, uh, Marcel Dion. Let's go Marcel yep, Dion. That's number, that's number six, so you have number ten left. Oh, shit. Is he still playing? No. Okay. I was going to say Joe Thornton, but if he's not playing. Joe Thornton's number 14, though. Oh, he's actually up there. Let's go. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Ray Bork, I think. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Yeah, no, Ray Bork, no. Um... God, I bet it's going to be Ray Bork. Um, I bet it's going to be fucking Ray Bork. Um, I want to go with the man who does play-by-play for the Tampa Bay Lightning who had an extremely long career with the Boston Bruins and the Rangers. Jimmy Esposito. 
Mm, yes. Yeah! Let's go, baby! Your boy, Ray Bjork, is number 11, though. Oh, you know, if I would have got number 11 and lost, I would have turned the show off. <laughs> I would have said, no, if I'm done. Because here's the thing is, I've looked at this list before because I'm doing three strings. That's how I remember Dion and Francis and uh, and uh, Gordy Howe. Gotcha. Oh. Go, baby. I still think it's bullshit, Solani's 16. Yeah, Solani's underneath uh, um, 16. He's underneath Joe Thornton. Is that Thornton. Hull? Nope. Um, so he's underneath Mark Ratchie. Oh, Mark Ratchie? Yep. Uh, Paul Coffey. under Paul Coffey, yep. Uh, Is he Sandy. under Doug Gilmore? Oh, underneath Doug Gilmore. Uh, yes, he is. No, he's above Doug Gilmore. What about Luke Robitaille? Yeah, he's above him too. Okay, so he's not. It's pretty good. I'll take that shit. Let's go, team. I wonder where team who sits on all-time goal leaders. Goal? Yeah, he's got to be up there, right? Here, I'll tell you. Oh, is this an impromptu? Um, uh, Timo is 12 all-time in goal scored. Oh, I don't want to do it then. <laughs> it's going to be all the It's going to be like... High. It's, actually, it's actually not. There's a surprise in here, actually. It's going to be all of the same. So it'll be, it'll be Gretzky. Yep, it'll number be one. Gordy Howe is number two. Yep. It'll be Marc Messier. Uh, he's number nine. It'll be Phil Esposito again. Yep, he's number seven. It'll be Marcel Dion. Brett he's Hall. number five. He's number Brett four. Hall. It'll be Stevie Y. Steve Eisenman. Uh, he's number ten. Yarmir Yager's got to be in there. Number three. And I'm missing one person, right? No, you're missing two. You're missing six and eight. Oh, I don't know who eight is. Number six, though, I know who he is. He's right behind Dion, and that's Alex Ovechkin. That is Alex Ovechkin. So is number eight Lemieux? Nope. Oh. Is it Luke Robitaille? Nope. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh. Oh, okay. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me think. Let me think. Oh, it's not going to be Andrew Chuck. It's not going to be Jerome McGinley. Won't be Mike Bossy. Mike Gartner, Maple Leafs. Mike Gartner. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I figured a lot of the points would be the same as the the goals. Dave, you got you got my like my nuts turning there for a second there. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm gonna fail this one. Ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic show. We had a great time. Luke, anything you want to plug? Uh, no. I, I'm excited to come back next week and talk more sports. Next week, we're going to come back next Friday night. More sports, more draft, more everything going on. More games, more fun, more Lions and Tigers. And my, oh my. Have a great time. Thank you, Garrett Ballard, once again, coming on. 
We are out of here tonight. Sports Guest Radio. Deuces, folks, right?